the second velociraptor um, comes out from underneath a plastic sheet <laughs> <laughs> and looks <laughs> both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Finally seeing the humans. And they're just about to pounce. Um, and then the unlikely saviour of well, the day. Well, yeah, so, they, so they're in like a Mexican snack or like a... A Mexican standoff. Costa Rican standoff. <laughs> Costa Rican standoff. With Velociraptors. Clever girl. Guys, this is a big one. It's um, a big one. An iconic 90s movie. Um, this is, ooh, I definitely in my top five favourite movies of all time. Top five, Roshan. Yes. So you feeling pretty good about talking about this one today. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been built up a lot, you know? Mm. Like, I've built it up in my head, and I, I hope I don't succumb to the pressure. I certainly feel you guys have more of an emotion or connection to this film than I do. But I, Jeffrey Kitt, certainly enjoy it. How do you feel about it, Rudy Davis, my co-companion on the show? Thanks for introducing me, Jeffrey No Kitt. problem. Uh, this is my favourite blockbuster of all time. Oh, straight off the bat. Straight off the bat, yeah. Fuck yeah, get in. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll explain that, but before we do... And before we reveal the title of said blockbuster, let's go and have a look at 1993, my year of birth. 93, that was a... a for, the, for the non-Spanish uh, speakers out there. 93, yep. 93, obviously. I mean, uh, my year of birth, it was a good one. There was a lot going on. You've said your year of birth twice now. I feel like you're quite proud of the well, fact that you're younger than, well, you are the youngest member of the closet team. I just want people to know. Mm. Um Besides me coming out of the womb, it was also... And the closet. <laughs> and the closet. It was the, it was the same year that Bill Clinton came into the Oval Office. Came into the mm. Oval Office. Well, that was certainly a big part of his presidency, wasn't it? Another big coming out moment was the EU coming into one single market in 93. We also had the first coming out of a child sexual scandal against MJ. That really brought the tone down a bit, didn't it? Um, but yes, Evan Chandler first made those allegations against MJ in 93. The most phenomenal discovery of our time... How'd you do this? ...becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. We are talking JP. Da da da. Da 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 da. It doesn't even need the name, it just needs the theme, doesn't it? It is Jurassic Park, Spielberg's... Magnum opus, arguably one of them, isn't it? You think? More than like Schindler's List or Jaws? No. No. A fair enough. Highest grossing. Highest grossing. Hugely well received with both audiences and critics alike. He made the most money from this film, 250 million. Oh, he made that much? He made a quarter of a bill, personally. Quarter of a bill. That is sweet. It was, at at its time, the highest grossing film of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd say he deserves it. I'd say he deserves $25 million for that. Uh, no, 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 add, add, add a zero um, on that. Sorry. Doscientos cincuenta. <laughs> Let's just jump straight in. Let's just Be- bloody go in. Oh, please. Before we jump straight in, Jeff, could you please introduce me? Roisin Mulligan, I certainly can introduce you. Thank you. I'll get off of my high horse now. Sorry, I'm a really bad introducer, but uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. How You've you got doing? many other great qualities. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I'm going to let you actually, Roisin, introduce us. Where do we start on Jurassic Park? Act one. Well, it's hard to say, Jeff, because there are so many openings to this movie. Mm, Um, Take me through them. So the first opening we get is... Rudy, I was going to ask for your opinion on this, actually, because I'm not sure what is going on in this scene. But the vibe I get is that they're bringing the velociraptors into the park in a big crate. Mm -hmm. And that uh, the crate is compromised. And the Velociraptor tries to drag a member of the personnel into 
uh, into the crate to eat him. So yeah, they like they're transporting him into the enclosure, and so they're putting the transporter crate up to the gate, then opening the gate, then letting it go into the enclosure. You'd think for uh, the the most technically advanced attraction in the world, where they've spent billions of pounds um, genetically breeding dinosaurs and bringing them back from the dead, they could have paid for an electric motor <laughs> to bring up the gate instead of having a man have to stand yeah. up there no, it and must manually. Be done by yeah, hand. this is an art. <laughs> Opening a gate is an art form. <laughs> he died um, doing what he loved. So if if they had just paid to have a motor, like an electric motor, to open up the gate. The bloke would need to climb up there when it got dragged in by the raptor. <laughs> None of that symbolism would have been throughout the film. And surely that was an, an indicator of how dangerous this mm. park was, that someone gets eaten in the first few seconds Day of one. the movie. Yeah, and I, how, <laughs> many, like, how many uh, workers need to die before the health and safety inspector comes down like a ton of bricks? Also, <laughs> not mentioned later in the movie that a member of personnel has died at the very start when they were transporting when they were just doing a routine job, essentially. Someone mm. died in a very grisly way. Not mentioned again. Absolutely spectacular design. Spared no expense. We get the first sighting of one Mr. Bob Peck. That's the actor's name. The, the character's name is Robert something. <laughs> His advice is to shoot her. Shoot her! With a big close-up on his mouth, his perfectly formed mouth. And then, um, <laughs> Straight in the then, then Mr. Peck and the Velociraptor make eye contact with one another. Mm. That's gonna come back in the film, I and think. She's can, got it. She's got it in for him now because of that. Yeah, he can yeah. just tell that she's working something out. Yeah. The next opening is slightly more subdued. We see the blood-sucking lawyer for the first time. He's he's in Costa Rica. He's heading to um, a mining facility uh, to mm -hmm. check out what, what's the deal with all this mosquito and amber bullcrap. He uh, he actually really reminded me of Nimziki <laughs> from Independence Day. Just like feeble man in an ill-fitting suit, real pen pusher. Just like he should have been in the civil service, not not a lawyer for. <laughs> so the billionaire billionaire madman or like at least be like a, a, a mob accountant would be better than being john hammond's lawyer be more respect yeah it's funny that you mentioned independence day because i realized when watching this that in independence day when harvey firestein's character says i gotta call my lawyer oh, forgetting about my lawyer uh, I always pictured the lawyer from Jurassic Park. There's yeah, there's a lot of crossover. There yeah, is a lot. There is. Oh, and for the the fans out there that don't remember Nimziki, he's the uh, head of CIA in uh, ID4. <laughs> the guy who says plausible deniability. deniability. <laughs> Actually, that isn't technically accurate. Should we just review? Should we just review? Let's go, Independence let's go back. We only had fifty minutes on it. Let's go back. Oh, and also, um, also quite. So I love whenever insurance is discussed in a movie. And uh, the lawyer goes, the insurer has some serious concerns about this park. I'm like, oh, I'd like to know more about the insurer's concerns. <laughs> Dodson, Dodson, we've got Dodson here. The next opening, we get an introduction to our real protagonists for the first time. And that is one little lady called Dr. Ellie Sattler. Hello. And one handsome gentleman called handsome Dr. Grump. Alan Grant. Um, Grant and Sattler. Sounds like an ad agency, doesn't it? Mm, that's nice and I would sign up to them in a New York mm, minute mm, mm. Um, because they are just so bloody likeable they are yep. from the moment they come on screen they know exactly what they're talking about they've got a good rapport 
Uh, there's clearly something going on between them, but mm. it's never explicitly said. They're really passionate about their work. They're just very likable, uh, relatable characters. Well, and we and we immediately find out that Grant hates computers, in his own words, because mm-hmm. they do that uh, geo-imaging uh, of, yes. um, instead of doing the dig. And the guy goes, a couple of more years, the Velem won't even need to dig at all. And then Grant goes, where's the fun in that? Yeah, so. mm, and we also quite. find out he hates children. He hates when children. When that little, that little fatty pipes up. Yeah, he really about goes to the, tell. About the uh, <laughs> not being scary. That obnoxious child. In my notes, I have obnoxious child written down and underlined. Um, Rasheen, try to show a little respect. <laughs> what that doesn't sound very scary. More like a 10-foot turkey. Oh, he's just so horrible. Yeah, but why is he so mean to this kid? I feel a bit bad for the kid, to be honest. Because he hates children. And also, just as a note on this scene, they're digging up, I believe, a velociraptor skeleton. Yeah, it's a raptor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's got a velociraptor claw just in his pocket <laughs> by coincidence. So he's fondling it. The velociraptors are built up so much from the very start of very this movie. This more than the T-Rex. It's the second velociraptor reference in the first five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it's always showing how deadly and smart they are. So we get that quite memorable speech from Dr. Alan Grant to the obnoxious child describing the velociraptor's tactics Mm -hmm. when hunting. He says that that's when the attack comes, not from the front when you're looking at the velociraptor, but from the sides. Oh, is that going to come back? The raptors you didn't even know were there. In comes one lovable granddad, John Hammond. And how does he come into the forest? He comes in by helicopter. He lets himself into Grant and Sattler's trailer rummages through the fridge, yeah. gets out a bottle of champers as Graham <laughs> confronts him. <laughs> so immediately, before he said anything, we know that Hammond doesn't understand boundaries, yeah. uh, is too, like, personable, just too much, isn't he? Just really overbearing presence. Over-familiar. Over-familiar. I think yeah. there's also a nice bit of foreshadowing there, which I think we may have um, discussed before this podcast, really, where John Hammond's helicopter, uh, when it lands, it creates such a mess that it, it kind of messes up the, the whole fossil site that they're working on. So they tell the chopper to go away, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a bit of foreshadowing about John Hammond's general attitude, mm. that he doesn't care about doing things properly and scientifically as long as there's a shortcut. So John Hammond has a very special request for Ellie Sattler and Alan Grant. He describes a project he's working on, a park, what type of park is this? He says it's right up your alley. Deliberately not saying Jurassic Park. Mm. He wants to make mm. us wait. The title tease. Not enough title teasers these days. Mm. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Bring them back. I'm, I was so ready for him to say, Jurassic Park. <laughs> and then, I've got the logo <laughs> right here. <laughs> Here's your hat. <laughs> Dodge them. Dodge them. <laughs> Everyone, we got Dodge them. See, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. um, so in case you hadn't guessed, that was the character of Dennis Nendry. Nedry. Nedry. <laughs> what a horrible... Nedry. Yeah, for a horrible man. Yeah. Horrible name. Dennis Nedry. And his his first shot on camera is stuffing his yeah, face with food. Yeah, he's just going to town, isn't he? He's just the fat guy. <laughs> fat guy on the 90s, beach. 90s fat guy. Yeah. I love this guy, man. Like, 
as a bit character, as yeah. a comedian, oh, he is amazing. Great bit character. Well, and you can already tell what a liability he's going to be just in right. that scene. Just mm-hmm. not paying attention, mm-hmm. not taking things seriously, Absolute not listening sword. to Dodson. Yeah. Uh, humiliating Dodson as well, being quite petty. Don't get cheap on me now, Dodson. He, yeah, he demands as the Dodson pays for his for his meal. He's just so <laughs> many negative character aspects <laughs> rolled into one well, guy. Well, then there's one thing I hate more than anything. It's industrial espionage. And that's what he's about to engage in. Gee, have you ever engaged in industrial espionage? Not yet, but would insurance cover that or not? Uh, um, A mole on the inside. mm, Potentially, yes. (laughs) We are in the chopper. We are heading towards this mystery project that's apparently right up some people's alley and there is a mysterious man in black on the chopper with our protagonists he has a swagger (laughs) he's got a certain style that can't be imitated very easily he's everyone's favorite chaostician (laughs) (laughs) that's right it is dr malcolm played by jeff goldblum he was all over the 90s like a rash this guy wasn't he one of my favorite quotes of his appears in this scene which is Dr. Sackler, I refuse to believe that you aren't familiar with the concept of attraction. He is oh, such a sleazebag for this entire movie. And Rudy, can you just divulge that little uh, that little fact that you gave us before the podcast regarding Jeff Goldblum and, and Laura uh, Yeah, little did I know until I did a bit of research that um, such was the uh, chemistry on this film between Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum that they dated for two to three years and were engaged briefly. That's chaos. Now that's chaos. Mm. So he quickly uh, imprints his personality onto the team. I bring scientists, you bring a rock star. (laughs) I also also had that written in my notes because that is just such a fantastic quote. And we have the first tasty little motif as the chopper is in the descent. They're putting on their seatbelts because it's a bit of turbulence. And old uh, poor old Dr. Grant has a female, female seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And uh, fumbles about a bit for a bit. Then in the end, nature finds a way. Mm. And he just ties them together. Love that. Love that. Oh, it's so good. There are so many little Easter eggs in Jurassic Park. It was just such a well-thought-out movie. I think you can tell Michael Crichton had a hand in the script because it's, it's a lot more rich than just a normal movie script, I feel. Absolutely. There's a, there's a world behind kind of what's going on. Have you guys read the book? Have either of you read the book? Never. Um, I have a while ago, but I loved it because it goes into detail with so many different things that the film doesn't get to. Mm-hmm. Like Every chapter starts with like a big piece of uh, chaos theory. Like it goes on through about a page where it just talks about a different element of chaos theory. And it's also way more graphic. Yeah, I read that it was quite a bit more violent. It's really gruesome, yeah. Like in terms of when the dinosaurs eat people, like it's described in in a lot of detail. Really? Like when, spoiler, Dennis Nendry gets the chop. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is like super graphic. I did want to quickly get a Crichton fact in. The rights for the film adaptation were actually signed off before the book even was released in mm. 1990. Wow. So there were four big studios going for it, and the combi of Spielberg Universal won it out for 1.5 milli and a pricely cut of the old box office receipts. So I'd say Crichton, before he died, was sitting on a, a lot of cash. Oh, mate, he is... Dino cash. so rich. He yeah. Just the kind of, like, books that he wrote so easily lent themselves to big Hollywood blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Smart um, boy. James Cameron tried to get the rights. Ah, I didn't know that. 
and thank god he didn't oh my god i mean i'm not saying that i didn't like avatar i'm just saying i don't want to see an avatar i think too. i think james cameron could have done it well but spielberg's adaptation is what the people wanted oh, and sure. needed it's it's a dinosaur we land in the chopper we're in the park we're off in the Little Jurassic Park branded vans. In 48 hours, I'll be accepting your apologies. Mm. <laughs> he is so confident. Yeah, Cocksure. So hubristic, old. Uh, <laughs> he Hammond. will. He cannot accept that the part until several people have died. Yeah. He will simply not accept that this could be a failure. Oh, sure. One security guard died, but you know who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> he was just a bit part. Didn't he have a wife and kids? I don't know. <laughs> It's like that scene. In I do not. Powers. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't he work as a security guard at Dr. John Hammond's top secret <laughs> uh, futuristic Dino amusement Lair? park? Dino Land? <laughs> Sound like Jim's to miss his own bachelor party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, I got some terrible news. Jim got eaten by a velociraptor whilst on a shift last night. <laughs> An ill tempered, mutated velociraptor. <laughs> Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sutcliffe, welcome. To Jurassic Park. We're driving off in the little vans and something quite extraordinary is seen by the characters. Bring him out. Uh, whilst Ali Sadler is looking at a leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that has her full and <laughs> utmost attention. I, I, I refuse to leaf. believe that this leaf isn't familiar with the concept of attraction. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, you pointed out in classic Spielberg style where we see the characters looking and reacting mm, We see to the reaction before we see the be action. Before we yeah. see what the thing is. And the thing is a friggin' huge brachiosaur. Hello. Just chilling, just walking around, uh, eating some leaves off some tall vegetation. As you do. Um, quick fact about this brachiosaur. It was the first entirely CGI creature to be seen on film. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, another little fact about that Go on. when um spielberg and the cgi effects guy first looked at the rushes they were so blown away that the guy said to spielberg i think we're extinct and he liked that line so much he gave it to dr malcolm as they're walking into the uh, visitor center and he says to dr grant i think we're out of a job he goes don't you mean extinct i heard oh, that i heard cool. that because the guy was the guy who um did a lot of work for the special effects he was his specialism was stop motion and animatronics and so that was the advent of cgi wow. um, and is this when we also get our first title drop yes so just after that they see a lot of different species of dinosaurs moving in herds they're moving in herds i and, knew they moved in herds and at that point john hammond says welcome to jurassic park i love that and the, the music reaches a crescendo. Oh, that music. Get in me. And, and Dr. Grant's <laughs> collapsed onto his knees. Um, Everyone is overcome <laughs> with emotion at this point. I want to preface the reason I've been saying a few tidbits in Spanish. I actually watched Parque Jurásico in Espanol. Did you? And this moment was hilarious because he turns to the camera and he's like, Bienvenidos a Parque Jurásico. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some of the moments were just so funny in the dub. It was really, really great. Well, so if, if I can't quote, you. if I can't quote some bits very well, that's that's my compound. Oh, I'll I'll be more than happy to do the quoting for you. Excellent. Bingo. 
dino DNA. So how did this happen? How did they get a brachiosaur and a big herd of dinosaurs just walking around the place on a deserted island in Costa Rica? I'll show you. Please. True to his word, uh, takes us on a little a ride. It's kind of like a ride, he describes it as. Uh, well, so, so the vid starts, and Spielberg used that video technique because there was a lot of plot to unpack, and he that was the best way to do it in three minutes. Hmm. by creating the video that the people are watching. So nice. you're watching a film of people in the film watching the video explaining this huge plot point, yeah, which yeah. is a really good way to do it. And a couple of really lovely uh, like 90s themes. DNA. DNA. <laughs> Cloning. <Yeah. laughs> and just the possibilities that, all, that those two big things could have. Um, like cartoon images of DNA running around a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like code. Yeah, like yeah, love lovely night that you've seen. Coding for sure. Just on that point, did you did either of you do some research into whether this would actually be possible into the science uh, behind the amber? Okay, so they in I think two thousand and eight they dug up some dinosaur remains and they found tra- like blood trace DNA. Really, and apparently, like it's because of that discovery, this is like hypothetically feasible that this could happen once the technology catches up because they've got the base material there to actually achieve that. But I think like from the mosquitoes, that wouldn't be possible. That's like a leap too far. I heard something huh. similar. I also heard that DNA disintegrates over time. And because we don't have a full genome for a dinosaur, if there are gaps in the DNA like there are in the movie, we don't know where those gaps are. So we don't know how to fill them because we need the whole genome right. to be able to figure out where the gaps are. And also in the movie, they fill the gaps with amphibian DNA, mm-hmm. which would be completely ridiculous in real life because it's an amphibian and it's a different species For or sure. a different a, a different family entirely. That just seems like a weird description. Well, they ca- they did it for the life to find a way. Yeah. Um, but realistically, it would be uh, they would fill it with either bird DNA or crocodile DNA because they share a common ancestor. Life uh, finds a way. We move on swiftly from that video and enter the lab. And uh, a little Dr. Henry Wu <laughs> appears on our screens for the first time, which weirdly, the actor is like one of the main, the main people to appear on the screen in the credits when it opens. Yeah. Even though he has two minutes of yeah, screen he, time. He never turns up again, does he? That's Until all we say Jurassic World. No, ah. until Jurassic. He's in all of them, isn't is he? Is he? I thought he was just uh, Park to World. Oh, maybe. Maybe yeah. he's in the in the um, the bridge. He only had the Park to World tickets. <laughs> yeah. You missed out on the. Uh... You missed out on the two most successful <laughs> of the Jurassic Parks. <laughs> franchise. He's quite prominent in Jurassic World. I don't know if you guys have seen. No, oh, he's that. he's like head honcho, isn't he? He's right yeah. in the park. Really? Yeah. He's kind I'm of in... evil as well. No. Mm, he's, he's just lost it a bit like 20 years working in the in the biz yeah the, the dino, biz of dino, in the jurassic dino industry yeah. oh god i hate i hate dinosaurs <laughs> it'd be like working in the porn industry wouldn't it <laughs> first day on set oh this is great <laughs> i'm watching people shag i will never yeah. get bored of i will this. never tire of two dead-eyed people shagging <laughs> 20 years later i did tire of two dead-eyed people shagging <laughs> i cannot believe it <laughs> I thought this would be the best job in the world. <laughs> so Dr. Wu has some, um, I think, quite good lines. First of all, an egg 
hatches and that gives them kind of room to ask oh, a lot of questions and, um, about the breeding policies Dr. Here. Sattler is so broody. She As loves it, doesn't she? She is going off on one when that little dino is popping out the egg. <laughs> she cannot wait to uh, pop out a little bit egg of her own <laughs> and sit on that for nine months. <laughs> she just made. So Henry Wu is explaining that all the creatures in Jurassic Park are female. Mm-hmm. They cannot mate. And he says, are you suggesting that a park full of female dinosaurs will breed? No, what I'm saying is life finds a way. Henry Wu has no time for this. He's a practical man. He is only interested in uh, cellular mitosis. And that's it. And the other part that I really like uh, with Henry Wu is when he reveals that the egg that hatched is a velociraptor egg. Mm, yeah. What breed of dinosaur is this? Is he so breezy? Velociraptor. Yeah. Oh, it's a uh, velociraptor. You're breeding. You're breeding <laughs> velociraptors. Uh, yeah. What's your problem? <laughs> so that's the third velociraptor drop in the right. first twenty minutes. Exactly. And then we do jump cut to the velociraptor paddock. Yes. That's right. As they're winching up the uh, cow that they're dropping into the paddock. Mm-hmm. And then who uh, saunters into shots other than everyone's favourite gamekeeper? Bobby Peck. <laughs> Bobby Peck. <laughs> they should all be destroyed. <laughs> Bob Peck is really disconcerted. He's watched a man die at the hands of the Velociraptors. Uh, probably a man that he was like man managed. Right. Yeah. Quite. Uh, Um, He's. I think he's like scarred. He says that um, he's never seen anything like it in his many decades as a gamekeeper. Um, That they can run at cheetah speed. That they can jump really far. That they have been testing the fences for weaknesses, and that they're headed up by the queen bitch who has been Mm. getting them to try to break out. Not only that. We bred eight of them until she came along. She killed all of them apart from two. Oh, and also a man died. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't even get mentioned. (laughs) Also, one of my subordinates was murdered. (laughs) (laughs) So they drop the cow down, uh, which gets absolutely decimated. Doesn't he just? And now it's time for dinner. And then the, the the jump shot is to the plate being put in front of Laura Dern's placemat, and then a uh, reaction shot of Laura Dern going. <laughs> she looks disgusted. She looks absolutely. She does not want to eat that food. Would you eat dinosaur meat? Oh, you guys are vegetarians. Well, they though, serve sea bream, but um. I happen to be a vegetarian. vegetarian. <laughs> What's the matter, kid? Never seen, was it Discovery Channel? Never had lamb chops. Yeah, never had lamb chops. What do you mean Discovery Channel? (laughs) Slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it. By this time, the lawyer is fully on board. He is. We can make a fortune. Yeah, he's just seeing dollar signs. He's just seeing dollar signs. He's just a real horrible character, and he. We um, we could charge anything we wanted 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, and it'd pay. No, 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 no. This park is for everyone, not just for the rich. Oh, sure. We'll have a, a coupon day or something. <laughs> coupon day. <laughs> that coupon day line just really illustrates what a weedy, <laughs> weaselly character he is. And John Hammond is loving it because he's got the lawyer on side. But you know who's not bloody on side? Uh, pretty much everyone else. Right. Mm. Particularly the, the chaos-dition. <laughs> and he has a pretty withering put-down. You know what? The lack of humility that's being displayed before nature staggers me. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is pretty good. And he gets several good lines in this scene uh, when they're all sat down to dinner discussing the park. He he says, um, you stood on the shoulders of giants and uh, before you even knew what you had, you patented it and packaged it and you're selling it. Now you're selling it. No, and you, you slapped it on the front of a lunchbox and now you're selling it. And they really did. They mm. did that in real life. Like it's so it's so cool how... The film actually foreshadows what happened mm. in real life when Jurassic Park merchandise was everywhere. Mm. <laughs> like every kid in the 90s had something with Jurassic Park on it. It's like how Krusty the Clown and his shameless selling out of merch is uh, just kind of lampooning the Simpsons selling out of merch in real life. Right. That's the criticism oh, of like yeah. the commercialization of the Simpsons. Yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. So he also says, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think about whether they should. should. Mm, Um, And and I use that line all the time in so (laughs) many different situations. And then there's the killer line, which is uh, on my Slack, which when anyone loads onto Slack at work, they see what you call discovery, I call the rape of the natural world. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day at work. Have a good day at work, everyone. (laughs) Hold on to your butts. People are very skeptical at the moment. Uh, John <laughs> Hammond is not happy. But you know what? Let's just go on the bloody tour. Let's see what all the fuss is about. Let's go and see some dinosaurs, shall we? Mm-hmm. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. And because I'm so confident of that, I'm going to send my two young grandchildren away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If there are a million men in a million bars, all of them will choose a different drink at some point. That, that's chaos that, theory. That is chaos theory. <laughs> now, the water could go that way or it could go this way. That is chaos theory. I am not surprised that Laura Dern went for that because in that scene... I would just love a man to explain chaos theory to mm. me like that. Take me now. You've got me. You've hooked me. Alan, are you listening to this? Alan, are you listening to this? Of course he's not. No. He's seen something much more interesting on the horizon, and that is a dying triceratops. So this serves as a bit of a point to to say there are poisonous plants in the park, and as Ellie Sattler pointed out before, they chose these plants because they look good. Hmm. They didn't actually think think about whether they should she stays with the trike as she affectionately mm-hmm. <laughs> calls it and just like a general park assistant who's just there <laughs> yeah who's a in a baseball cap and a, and a salmon pink polo shirt who's also just not i don't know if you notice this but and i'm sorry to whoever this man is but really not a great actor like he kind of took me out of the scene and got me wondering about how he got the part mm. because she she's like um she says, like, oh, I see uh, this dinosaur is eating, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, we know the plants are toxic, but the dinosaurs don't eat them. Are you sure about that? Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so wooden, but luckily he's not in it for too much more of the film. Hold on to your butts. Now we're getting down to the good stuff. Things are getting out of hand. Chaos is uh, firmly in the picture. They are about to pass the Tyrannosaurus Rex and then yeah. power outage they just happen to break down right outside t-rex paddock and like also, the chances they're just <laughs> they couldn't have to picked be... a worse place to break down could you that is chaos theory dennis nedry also just happens to have executed um the door unlocks everything's insecure <laughs> <laughs> like it's a it's literally a perfect storm well, and there is a literal storm bruise mm. just before that scene. <laughs> they just cut away to some stock storm footage <laughs> just to create a poetic fallacy. <laughs> uh, 
I really love that part where the electric fence, the power goes out on the electric fence and you just see the the T-Rex claw stroking mm. the fence. Yeah. The claw. Testing it out. The claw. The, claw. the claw's gonna get you. They're scared of the claw. This is when the lawyer really shows his true colors. If Tim, little Timmy, takes out some big old night vision binoculars and the lawyer says- Are they heavy? Are they heavy? <laughs> yeah. Well, then they're expensive. Put them down. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love his reasoning. If it's heavy, it's expensive. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> then I think we get to maybe the most iconic part of the movie. The glass. Yes. What a shot. Parodied so in, many in times everything. In, everything. in everything. I read that this was actually one of the hardest scenes in the movie to film. Ah, to get the concentric circles mm. of the water. Yeah. Yep. To get it so that it's genuinely like a like an impact rather huh. than just like a glass being shaken. Uh-huh. Any ideas as to how they did well, it? Was it a guitar string or something underneath the dashboard? Correct. It was strumming exactly. the guitar. Yeah. It was a good they were plucking guitar strings underneath the dashboard. But it took them a really long time to figure it out. They said like the an- the animatronic dinosaurs and the special effects were actually easier to achieve. What? Isn't that mad? <laughs> yeah. This is a clear indication that the T-Rex is on its way. Yeah. But it's on its way quite slowly. So <laughs> definitely get out a huge flashlight is the next step. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you want to do. Now, the lawyer can't take the pressure. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna run to that shack. That'll save me. They make so many poor decisions yeah. in that in that scene specifically. Mm. First of all, the lawyer just yeah decides to run just out, just pieces out into into the toilet. Well, Why is there you, a toilet there? When you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Rudy, you had an interesting point about that lawyer scene because the T Rex then sort of comes out full force, and the first thing he does is eat that lawyer, devours him. <laughs> he swallows him right up, doesn't Ooh, he? He, de- mm. he is so I, could, I could, I could eat that blood-sucking lawyer right up in one go. <laughs> I'll mm. suck his blood. And I mean that literally. Couldn't you just eat him up in one mouthful? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the lawyer. Well, it was a deserved death, wasn't it? Because the lawyer abandoned the children. Mm. He his cards are marked, and he was deservedly then eaten by the T Rex. Versus Jurassic World where it's like the sort of lovely assistant who is just looking after the two children that just gets gratuitously eaten <laughs> by one of the... Um, what is it that eats her uh, in Jurassic World? Oh, it's that clone. It's a weird hybrid between um, a like T-Rex, a T-Rex and, and a Velociraptor. And, a Velociraptor yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like a lot of people were up in arms about that because that was just a gratuitous death when that character didn't deserve to die mm. so gruesomely. Whereas like you can die off screen, but if you die on screen in a really terrible death, mm. the character has to have some sort of has to be some sort of reason, some sort of justification for the right. death through their previous acts leading mm-hmm. up to that death, which in the lawyer's case was abandoning the kids. Just on the T-Rex, because this is the first time we see the T-Rex, I love how the T-Rex behaves in this movie. It just behaves like an animal, like a regular predatory animal. It's not super smart and it doesn't have a plan because that's kind of what they rely on in later movies hmm. is making a dinosaur which is really conniving and really intelligent and that makes it scarier. But I love the T-Rex in this movie. It's just an animal doing what it's doing. And that's shown by the fact that it could easily eat those children because it was breaking through the glass that's protecting them. Mm. But instead it's sort of like 
loses interest and then tries to knock over the car and mm -hmm. And then uh, Alan Grant gets out that light and becomes mm. really interested in the light. And it's just like, it's acting completely on instinct. There's no bigger True. plan. And I love that about the T-Rex. I also got to say, it looks amazing. Like those effects so have stood up good. 25 plus years later. Like it looks so good. awesome. I really think that looks better than anything the newer movies have produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's an animatronic dinosaur, it actually exists. It's the mix of using, yeah, the puppetry mm. and the animatronics instead of or over CG. Yeah. Because these days CG is just so much cheaper and easier, but it looks, in comparison, not, not as good. That dinosaur, it holds up. It has some heart, doesn't it? It looks amazing. It looks so good. And you can really tell because they use CGI in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. And you can so tell the difference. Like, yeah. it just seems so muted when it's CGI. It just doesn't feel the same. Our lives are in your hands and you have butterfingers. T-Rex knocks the cars off this kind of cliff. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Alan Grant and Tim and Lex, how ironic that the one person who hates children mm -hmm. is the one person who ends up having to look after them and forming some kind of bond with them. So they end up in a tree... And they end up sleeping in that tree. He ends up sleeping, spooning them, basically. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Saying that he's going to stay awake, look out for any bad dinosaurs that come <laughs> along. He uh, looks a bit uncomfortable. And that's because the Velociraptor claw, which is his lucky token, mm. is poking him in the butt. And he takes it out and just basically throws it Tons away. It. Yeah. Doesn't need it anymore. That was very similar to Face Off. With the scar. Oh. No, I, I don't need that anymore. I've got a new son. <laughs> that, that closure came pretty quickly. I, I actually <laughs> yeah. think he... He should I have thrown that away. I think he misplaced that claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, don't think he intentionally threw it away. I think he okay. misplaced it. So, yeah, you should have thrown it out of the chopper when they're flying out, shouldn't you? Mm -hmm. But I think that scene is really sweet, especially when they wake up in the morning with the brachiosaur just right there in their mm. face. Yeah, well. <laughs> just right there. Uh, sneezes all over poor Lex. <laughs> Bit um, of gross out humour, love that. Yeah, yeah, why the hell not? Meanwhile, Jeff Goldblum, for his heroic actions trying to distract the T-Rex away from the, the little children, is lying under a kind of stack of hay, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for someone to pick him up. And so that was Goldblum's suggestion. So yeah. in the original script, he was just going to run off like the lawyer, but then he decided he wanted to do something more heroic, so uh, made an exec call to get another flair and to shine it in the path of the T-Rex mm -hmm. to distract the T-Rex wanted to be heroic mm. he couldn't stand being in a movie where he wasn't the hero could he? where he wasn't the chaostician hero he's mm. always involved with math isn't he? Goldblum loves 90s math he loves being a scientist mm -hmm. he's very but he looks like he could be and the fly the fly, the fly. also yeah where has he been in anything recently Jeff Goldblum? Independence Day 2 yeah that's what I was going to say oh, I, sure. I do 4 too. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. They are running away from the T-Rex and Jeff Goldblum says, must go faster. Must go faster. Must go faster. Remind you of anything or any particular movie? ID4. Which we mentioned in Ep 1. That's correct. That's a nice little tidbit for the listeners who have stayed till episode 4. We're it? all about rewarding long-term listening. We're basically like the podcast form of Arrested Development. <laughs> 100%. Mm -hmm. I think we should go back to Dennis Nedry for just one second. Please. What's he up to? So he's, uh, he's about to shut down the computer systems, isn't he? He's about to indulge in a bit of corporate espionage. <laughs> <laughs> and there is an unclear insurance policy with regards to that. <laughs> 
So he presses execute. Again, it's the kind of running theme of like computers yeah. and and hackers and futuristic computer systems that no one really knows how to work apart from one person. But work they do. Mm. And he executes something, but he's off quickly with the cameras off now. And there's a sort of lady in a zebra skin bikini. Yeah. yeah. Just, just to show because whenever there's a hacker... They always feel the need to put in a half-naked woman. Hand in hand, uh, Into sure. any project, yeah. And off he goes, off towards the East Dock to go along with his evil scheme to take away the dinosaur embryos. This is also goes into a lot more detail in the book about what exactly his scheme is. Right. Whereas in the movie, as a kid, I never really understood that. He's just that getting cash, part. isn't he? Yeah. In the film, like. Yeah. But I never really understood his role or what, what he's up to. But he comes into some difficulties yes while he's uh, heading to the east dock isn't he crashes into the sign well bloody hell those signs are just the flimsiest little directional arrow just hammered in the middle (laughs) so it can spin in either direction he also runs into a very peculiar dinosaur a um dilophosaurus oh were you practicing that i'm looking at my phone go go one more time uh, Dilophosaurus. Oh, that's delicious. That's nice. Um, delicious story. Can you little... give us some Dilophosaurus facts? Yeah, I've got a couple of facts, actually. So um, what are the two um, most iconic features of the Dilophosaurus in your mind? I'm going to say the the crest. Mm-hmm. Not there. Not, not the big thing, because no. I feel like I've read somewhere that that didn't exist. Did I, did I ruin your facts? Uh, well, that's one fact. So oh, okay. Number one, the frilly thing that goes around the face was invented for the movie. Yeah. And number two, the venom spitting was invented. Yeah. Yeah. But so popular is that in popular imagination, the animal dolls and toys you can get of the the Dilophosaurus these days usually come with the neck feature Mm. because everyone believes that's what it has. So weird these days. These days, but, I mean, these, these days, days you can't move these days, can't models. even buy a Dilophosaurus model without it having a neck thing. All I want for Christmas is a scientifically accurate Dilophosaurus, Dilophosaurus. model. Where yep. can I find such thing? Also, what child would yeah. ask for the Dilophosaurus? Um, <laughs> Surely they would be like, I want the T Rex or the Velociraptor. <laughs> what What child would be like, um, can you get me that, that one that kills the fat guy? It's the same child who gets the Dennis Nidri uh, figurine. Okay, <laughs> yeah. with the speaking of that, so. the blind Dennis Nidri figurine. squinting. They made a Nidri figurine did they yeah. is he sopping wet and squinting well the figurines they made that is just insane how how creative and expansive they got with the production and the promotion of this thing <laughs> i think i also read that the marketing was so large that before the film actually dropped they had something like more than 100 corporate agreements and sponsorship deals with different companies oh all over america God. so like they had the happy meals blah 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 but more than 100 of them existed before it even came out like I, it's just the marketing guys involved in this film should get such a big shout out right yeah. I mean, that's incredible signing a hundred deals <laughs> or the film even dropped <laughs> that's the real that's the real work fuck yeah that's the real creativity ah, they knew it would be a banger though. speaking of work though I've got to give a shout out to my man Senor Spelburgo porque he was actually in Poland filming Schindler's List and simultaneously finishing off the post-production for Jurassic Park wow. both dropped in 93 
Have you heard of a year like that for a director? A fucking art house classic mm. and the biggest grossing film of that era. It's insane. Man, he's not to everyone's style, but Spielberg, he is probably like a genius of some kind, no? He just like, the the amount of sheer bangers he has been Yeah, he knows how to make crank out a blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to make a blockbuster, man. He got $250 million for Jurassic Park alone. That's forgetting all mm. the other movies mm. that he's created. And I mean, it's like, insane. comparing to his contemporaries like Michael Bay or James Cameron, yeah, don't Ooh. even stand in his shadow. There's a bit, of, there's a bit more class about Spielberg, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Access main program. Access main security. Access main program grid. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh. You didn't say the magic word. Please. Uh, uh, uh. So that's the end of Dennis Nedry. And the last we see of him is that shaving foam can uh, getting yeah. covered in mud. And I always yeah. wanted that to show up in later movies. Well, I, I always wanted them to find that can. I thought the second movie was based on that. When I was a kid, when I saw it, I just thought, oh, I must be based on that. Oh, really? And then could never like figure out... <laughs> Well, I, I thought I must have missed the point where they explain that it's based on the can getting lost, but I don't really? think it is. But yeah, ah, uh, yeah, because they never they mm. never talk about but it. But they again. obviously they obviously put it in there to like sow the seeds for a sequel based on that. My glasses. The park is fully in chaos. Theory. Um, Samuel L. Jackson can't do shit without Dennis Nendry on hand. Damn it! I hate this hacker shit. And he's just <laughs> on the computer going ah ah ah. You should have said the magic word ah ah ah. And that's, the, for some reason, the kind of system he implemented to stop <laughs> yeah. anyone from getting in. Meanwhile, again, this is stuff that I didn't understand when I was a kid. There's a lot of execution stuff where they're trying to work out a schema map and Laura Dern is sort of following some pipes and pressing some buttons and trying to get the system back online. And I swear there's more action on that than there is on actual dinosaurs, just on them trying to figure out how to get the power back on mm. in the park. There's so much of that. There's only like, I think it's uh, 18 minutes of dinosaur action. Yeah. Actually in the film. I yeah. read oh. I read 15. I read um, nine minutes of animatronics and six minutes of CGI. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy, yeah. They just really spread it out so you don't, you don't feel that way at all. And there's only two minutes of Henry Wu, which, you know, could have done with at least two more. <laughs> at that point, um, Laura Dern is fully ensconced and trying to get the power back on, uh, which times nicely with her partner and the children climbing an electric fence. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> as you do. John Hammond offers to take this role on because she's a, uh, well, you know, look, we can discuss sexism and survival situations when you get back. Ooh, hello. Which is such a bloody burn from Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Byrne, they should call her. <laughs> and she does manage to get the power back on, which electrocutes poor little Timmy boy. Yeah. Uh, Would he not be dead? Was, well, apparently that is not how it would happen in real life so that is a bit of a blooper would you actually continue to hold uh, on to so the... you wouldn't be electrocuted until you earthed so you'd oh. have to actually step onto the ground for the current to go through your body before you'd be shocked act three act three and i think this might be when we see the velociraptors for the very first time mm -hmm. they break in poor old samuel L. jackson has an off-screen death um, because he put his arm very comfortingly around Laura Dern's shoulders yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she said oh Mr. Arnold <laughs> she's, she's so reassured and then she turns around and sees that it is in fact a <laughs> severed arm I love that I love that <laughs> which makes me think like why didn't they eat the arm 
<laughs> they let their cheeky. They left they, it there to really spook her out. Yeah. <laughs> and they had it drop down from afar, <laughs> crafting <laughs> onto her shoulders. <laughs> Before Hammer get the iconic line, Mr. Hammond, I think <laughs> we're back in business. <laughs> Before they just break in, <laughs> Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. Um, I've always wanted to fly business class. <laughs> and then whoever I'm with, if I was with you, Jeff, Mr. Kid, I think we're back in business class. <laughs> but no, we'd have to fly business class once. But, and then the second time uh, we fly right. business class together, it's your callback. I could then use the callback on you. Yeah. It would definitely be worth the extra cost to be able to do Two that. Two business joke. class flights <laughs> with the same person just to do the callback. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> And, so, and my reaction so, would be, huh? No, but no, sorry, what? <laughs> uh, I've never watched Jurassic Park. <laughs> God damn it! Hate this hack and crap! By the way, is it bad that we're referring to these people just by their actor names? Um, no. I just no, let's love... Let's yeah, Dr. Sattler. But I think Pecky gets his own... I love the name Bob Peck. What is Pecky's OG title in the film? Robert. Robert Muldoon. Bob Peck is just better. He's coming to the resolution of his storyline. Isn't he? With the Velociraptor. So he, he's providing cover to um, Dr. Sattler, mm-hmm. who's going to the... Why do they set up all the circuit breakers like half a mile from the <laughs> like the main centre? Doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, so he's he's setting up his gun. He's covering her because he can see in the distance there's a Velociraptor. Mm. As you said, there's one already looking at me over there in the bushes. Yeah. Gets the gun out, opens up the sight, but lo and behold, they're clocking in from either side, aren't they? Uh, and he realises it at the end, but he's accepting, isn't he? Yeah, I like that. It's and he nice. goes, clever girl. Oh. I I love that line so much. That is Bob Peck's magnum opus saying clever girl. It's fantastic. While he's getting eaten, the matriarch is just watching. Going... Tasty Bob Peck. Magnum Opus. Mm, I want to get mm, Alan Grant. There's mm. mm, Dennis mm, Nedry still available. Mm, nice and plump. Mm. He would taste the best, though. I don't know. I'd, I think it'd be like, like really ropey grade B meat, wouldn't he? Kids, okay? I didn't ask. Why wouldn't they be? Kids get scared. What's to be scared? It's just a little hiccup in the power. Yeah, I didn't say I was scared. I didn't say you were scared. I know. What are the kids doing at this point? After being electrocuted, after being stuck in a tree where a car almost fell on them, after being almost eaten by a tyrannosaurus. You would rats, have a hunger, wouldn't you? They, <laughs> they have worked up such an appetite. And lo and behold, there's the buffet. There's a buffet. For Thank no God. particular reason. With unlimited servings. With unlimited green jelly. Uh, drinks are extra though, aren't they? <laughs> That's where they get you. That's I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink anything for this meal. <laughs> really? I mean, it's quite dry. <laughs> you haven't no, had any water be, in twelve hours. You were fine. electrocuted earlier. Oh, yeah. Are you sure where's, you don't want water? Where's Where's your toilet? Uh, you're not going to drink water from the tap, are you? <laughs> no, I just need to go to the toilet. So you're definitely not going to drink from the tap if I tell you where the toilet is. <laughs> we're in Costa Rica. You can't do that. <laughs> so they settle down to eat this humongous buffet <laughs> silently. Uh, they just smile at each other. It's gorging. <laughs> um, but, but then, callback. As um, Rex 
Rex. Rex? Rex. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Lex. As Tyrannosaurus Lex is uh, just about to put a uh, spoonful of oh so tasty green jello into her mouth, she pauses and then the hands start shaking. And cool. then the jello starts shaking. They put a guitar string under it. They put a one. guitar string under the spoon. <laughs> what I love about that scene as well is uh, when Tim turns around to see what she's looking at, he sees the silhouette of a velociraptor on top of a picture of a velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> Double <cool>. raptor. <laughs> Double raptor. <laughs> Laura Dern's un- unconcerned. Laura unconcerned. <laughs> because she's like, it'll be fine unless they've learned how to open doors, which I'm going to assume they haven't, they haven't, even though they've displayed themselves to be exceptionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. It'll be all right. Don't worry. The next scene is the velociraptor opening the door. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interesting. The door. Oh, Lex. <laughs> the velociraptors pop into the kitchen. There's two of them, and I really like the rapport between these two <laughs> velociraptors. Uh, one of them sort of bites the other one, and then the other one gets really angry at it. It's like, <laughs> not happy. So I like, I like to think they were sort of bickering siblings, and I really friggin' love that kitchen scene. Yeah, amazing. Great scene. There's so tense. Very tense. That's what I wanted to comment on. Mm. I mean, there's no music. It's really well crafted how it mm-hmm. moves around the kitchen, how, you know, the dinosaurs move around and the characters go from place to place. It's really cool. Really cool. I don't know if you noticed, there was a part where Lex, to save Tim, because the Velociraptor is about to sniff him out, um, she sort of puts herself in, in an oven mm-hmm, yeah. and then bangs a ladle on the ground to yeah. distract the Velociraptor. The Velociraptor sees her in the oven. She can't get the door down. She's desperately trying to pull it down and getting really distressed. And the Velociraptor heads straight for her, then bangs into a surface because he was actually seeing her reflection. Hello. Which she is so smart. I don't think that girl is given enough credit for being a freaking genius. That is a great move. Yeah. A little fact about the actress who plays Lex. Ooh, please. She was chosen for her blood-curdling scream. Oh. What would you say? Her blood type? <laughs> this isn't face A off. negative. <laughs> Michael Crichton insisted. Why, Michael? You were sexually attracted to girls. <laughs> negative. All right. You rumbled me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apparently they auditioned a lot of girls and they tested out their screams. Mm. And her scream was so blood-curdling that she woke up Spielberg's wife in the other room. Senora Spielberga. <laughs> Senora Spielberga. Lo siento, Senora Spielberga. Ay, qué horrible. Qué pena. <laughs> qué pena contigo. And you gotta go, you gotta go. They get towards the lift and they reunite with their surrogate parents, Alan and uh, Dr. Sattler. And this is where Lex really comes into her own, I think, because they need to lock the door mechanisms. The velociraptors. I don't know if you noticed, but the Velociraptors also try to get into the room where they're all hiding mm. out. And the cl- you just see the claw, the claw. drape over uh, the door yes. handle but, because but, they're like, oh, well, it worked before. <laughs> I assume it'll work again. Fortunately, uh, Dr. Grant is strong enough to uh, hold the door back oh, against two Velociraptors. Two yeah. <laughs> Who surely weigh about, yeah. I don't know, 800 pounds between them? <laughs> Dr. Grant, have you been working out? <laughs> 
And then Dr. Sattler says, you can't hold them on your own. And she sits down against the door. I don't think you're helping well, love. Uh, leaving Lex to figure out the... Uh, the door mechanism. The old hack in the computer. And yeah. thank God she can, because mm. she is just a little hacker She's protege. onto it, isn't she? Yeah. Wait, I know this system. It's a, it's a Linux. It's a Linux system. <laughs> I know this. It shows all the files in the park. I can see everything. It's like, wow, all the files. <laughs> but um, she manages to get the door locked. But then within about two minutes, they su- they break the glass or something. It's never quite explained how they get into the room. Yeah. But they're then up the ladder, walking into the ceiling, aren't they, to try and get away from the Velociraptors. Um, oh, and uh, Derny calls Doctor um, Mr. Hammond. <laughs> Mr. Hammond, the phones are working. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so passive aggressive. Yeah. Then the final face off if you will. If you will, please. Between the humans and the dinosaurs occurs quite appropriately on some fossils. On yes. some dinosaur skeletons. On a T-Rex skeleton, I think. Correct, yes. Where they're just hanging off all these bones and the velociraptors are trying to get at them, jumping up at them, chomping at them. It looks like all hope is lost, especially when the second velociraptor um, comes out from underneath a plastic sheet. <laughs> and looks oh. both ways ah, ah, ah. Oh. <laughs> finally seeing the humans and they're just about to pounce um and then the unlikely savior of well, the day yeah so they so they're in like a mexican state or like a a Mexican standoff. Yes. Costa Rican standoff. <laughs> Costa Rican standoff. With velociraptors. So the, the three of them are circling them and they've all got their backs to one another mm-hmm. in a, like a facing out circle, mm. which is my favourite type of circle. Yeah, that's my favourite type mm. as well, especially when it involves velociraptors. Mm. Ah, this is my favourite type of circle. <laughs> Isn't Costa Rica beautiful? <laughs> Have you been to the coast yet? Oh, you must Ooh. go. It's simply lovely. <laughs> Have you ever been to Nicaragua? Oh, I've come up from there. Oh, what about you? Oh, I've been to Mexico. Oh. <laughs> There's a really good hostel there. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So what do you do? I'm a digital nomad. <laughs> um, so when the T-Rex bashes in there, what is the T-Rex doing in that building? What could possibly be so enticing for the T-Rex to enter that building? Um, he, she, pardon me, promptly devours one of the velociraptors and because of that rapport that i mentioned earlier Hmm. the other velociraptor becomes unconcerned with the humans and jumps on the t-rex because how dare how dare this woman rightly so though Mm. you're in danger yeah but i really like that Mm -hmm. that that velociraptor has has ethics to some degree um i admire that to the velociraptor Mm -hmm. right to the very end a martyr if you will (laughs) um but the t-rex destroys yeah, that creature. Easy. Yeah, like in one, in literally one foul swoop, and then a quite poetic sash yeah. falls down. When dinosaurs rule the world, love that sash. I love that sash. And then um, old Hammond pulls up in a jeep outside. Great timing. They all jump in, and uh, Doctor Grant goes, "Mr. Hammond." After careful consideration, I don't think I'll be endorsing your park. <laughs> a well-timed quip. And he goes, "Neither will I." Me neither. <laughs> That's about it. Roll the credits. Roll the credits, guys. Uh, that 
for me is just a seminal movie not just of the 90s but of all time Jeff, as we speak, you were holding a Jurassic Park notepad. Yeah, that was quite uh, an accident, to be honest. Um, I haven't even seen Jurassic World, but I still have a page full of stickers here um, (laughs) from this notebook that was on special over Christmas. Mm. I appreciate that the film just ended. Like, they they got off the island and that's the narrative done. Like, no need for a coda. No need for them getting back to civilization. Done. I think that's great. I like that too. Just end it. I like that too. Guys, I have a few questions to oh, ask you. Please. First of all, favourite dinosaur? Ever? Yeah. Uh, Which one did you feel most connected with? I like the long neck ones. What are they called? The um, brachiosaurus? Sauropods. Oh. I believe. Do I have the pop culture name incorrect? Uh, no, a, a brachiosaur is a type of sauropod. Oh. Sauropod is like the general long neck. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Oh, I like those too. I'm a big fan, yeah. I really like those too. Rudy? Uh, the Dilophosaurus. It's your favourite? Yeah, I think so. In the movie or in general? Oh, um, no, in general, like a Triceratops. Oh, Aww. good choice. Uh, good choice. Mm. And this has really done well. This is such a classy film. There's like ideological discussions. There's, you know, like tech stuff there's dinosaurs it's done action, so well moments of horror mm-hmm. it's awesome it's really cool from start to finish the characters are so well thought out every situation it's just packed full of action i mean ev- as you were saying earlier every single scene brings something to the table there are yeah. no dud scenes in this movie banger mm-hmm. jurassic park Chaotician rock star, my name is Dr. Malcolm. Hello, Grant and Ellie Sattler. You guys study dinosaurs? Rawr, rawr, rawr. Oh, they actually exist. Must go faster, must go faster. I can't believe that he did it. The crazy bastard, he did it. And what kind of park really is it? Welcome to a park that's right up your alley. Hold on to your butts, cause they bred raptors. Life finds a way, now they know how to open doors. Uh-uh-uh, you gotta say the magic word, they should all be destroyed. Shoot her, shoot her, you know it's bad when the blood sucking warrior is the only one on your side. That's when the attack comes, not from the front, but the sides. Water on a hand run a different way, now we're gonna get ripped apart. Welcome to who, Jurassic Park. Welcome to Who Jurassic Park.